0: OctoSR day 11 how to get started next up the primer talks about how to get started in an OSR system there are five or six different things but I'm only gonna focus on two of them the first of which is read the rules clean read the rules as though you've never seen them before why is this important well After 3rd edition, after 4th edition, after 5th edition, after the wash of D20 clones, after the plethora of OSR and FOSR, that is, false OSR, tomes came out, a lot of things that are taken for granted in role-playing games are not in the original editions. Think about Attacks of Opportunity. A few days ago, I talked about a Red Caps episode where the Attack of Opportunity was discussed. In BX, they don't talk about attacks of opportunity. Instead, it's initiative-based. If you declare that you're running away and I win the initiative, that means I strike you at a bonus. It doesn't mean that if you win the initiative, you run away and I get to strike you, according to the rules as written, according to Kevin. That's not the first time that Kevin has done that for me, either. Another time, he did an episode a year or so ago talking about ability adjustment. In BX and most subsequent editions, you can reduce certain stats to improve your prime requisite, thereby getting a bonus and getting a better XP uh, for your prime rec. In the original edition, it doesn't say actively reduce. And in an interview he found, again, I'm just going to say that Kevin talked about this. You're going to have to go find the episode yourself. In an interview, Gary talked about how that could account for a smart, smart, wily fighter, someone who might not be the strongest or the toughest, but who uses his wits and learns quickly. And so you have these different archetypes. Not every warrior is muscle-bound Conan. Think of uh, Elric. That's probably a bad example because, you know, he's the elf prototype, but uh, maybe uh, maybe the Grey Mauser. He's a fine swordsman, despite being more of the inspiration for the thief. You don't have to have a beefy fighter every time. It allows you to have a beefy cleric. It allows you to have a wise magic user, as opposed to all of the different classes falling into this same kind of stat pyramid where you're trying to maximize your XP gain. In the original edition, uh, this is where this is different, and the original edition, you don't get as much for your stats. In BX, you get a bonus to, uh, to hit with melee, with strength and damage, and you get the uh, dexterity for ranged attacks more easily. In od it's not the case. It, you have to get much higher stats to get a bonus, and most characters are going to be level-based. Your Thacko is going to be much more important than your strength, and the level that you gain that Thacko is what's going to drive your advancement. When you realize this, the different versions of the game have different objectives. BX is more of the dungeon-crawly type game. It's more of the core. it's more of the pathetic aesthetic. OD&D, very rapidly, especially if you're using chainmail, turns into heroic fantasy. Uh, the chainmail rules, once you get to that hero stage, you can fight on the fantasy combat table, and you can take down a dragon that you didn't have a chance to take down before. So there are facets of the game, Uh, Lamentations of the Flame Princess, famously strength is not applied to attacks, and fighters are the only ones who get a bonus. That's because Lamentations is trying to enforce a particular aesthetic, a particular experience, and all of the supplementary material for Lamentations is going to try to reinforce that same experience. So when walking into an OSR game, it's very important to read the rules for what they are with a fresh mind. That way you can hit the zen of the experience that the designers were intending you to have. Is this experience going to be the same as subsequent versions of the same game? Oh goodness, of course not. Third edition is nothing like fourth. First edition is nothing like fifth, but that's okay. They're different games and that's by design. Find the edition that promotes the style of play you like and hit it with an open heart Try to avoid house ruling it until you have it down so that you understand the house rules you put in place are not going to compromise the vision that the game is supposed to produce. If you want to produce a different vision, go right ahead. I would recommend looking around, making sure there's not a system that's closer to what you want so that you're house ruling a little bit less, uh, you have a more concise experience. Heavens, maybe you find an experience that just produces what you thought you needed to homebrew. Um, that would save you time in finding a community. But I digress. The important part of this story is read the rules for what they say, not for what you assume they would say. Because the experience you're going to have is going to change. The most obvious experience of this for me has been my Ash Coast games. Using the man-to-man tables, using concurrent hits, as the rules don't technically say, that's changed the nature of the experience. It's changed the way that my players plan. It's changed, and I'm very excited because I think that after a certain treasure haul, a couple of them should level up, and I'm excited to see how that experience turns out once they get into a more heroic zone. Moving, in where in a traditional game, you're not going to move. Parrying, attacking, switching weapons out like you wouldn't necessarily see in an ACS game, The experience is totally different, and I'm enjoying it. I'm really having fun, and I'm having to hold back a little bit because, you know, life is happening. But once we get through the current storm, we'll get right back to the table, and the table is where you want to be. Thank you for listening. Del Vaughn. Clear Square Mail Podcast is an independently owned and operated product, released for educational and informative purposes under the totally steal this license, which is kind of like Creative Commons, except f- <laughs> licensing. Segments recorded within a vehicle are recorded using a Bluetooth hands free device in conjunction with local vehicular safety legislation. The music for the Clear Swearing Mail Podcast is cold coffee by Michael Ramirez, Retrieved from Mixkit.co and used under the Mixkit Royalty Free Music License. Sound effects used in the Clear Swearing Mail Podcast are also retrieved from Mixkit.co and used in accordance with the mixkit Free Sound effects license. Clear Swearing Mail does not describe to nor endorse views or opinions expressed by call-ins guests, or even hosts host, unless you think they're awesome and thus does not assume any liability regarding the consumption or distribution of this podcast. By listening to the Clear Square Mail Podcast, you agree to these provided terms. Parties with questions regarding these terms conditions or releases are encouraged to reach out to clear email at the prescribed methods provided on the Clerics Wear Email blog. Parties dissatisfied with these terms, conditions, or releases are encouraged to go suck an egg.